All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. My name is Matt Hines. I'm very excited to have you all here joining us today uh, as we record this the last day of the month, last day of the quarter, if you're on a calendar fiscal. So I hope you're all out there killing it and uh, closing some deals. And thanks for joining us, for joining us live in the middle of your work day. If you happen to be joining us on LinkedIn Live, you have an opportunity to be part of this show. So if you have a question for our guest today, if you have a comment, if you have something to add, please do so in the comments in LinkedIn. I'll be able to see that and can add you to the show, bring you up, at least give you a little exposure and bring your voices into Sales Pipeline Radio as well. If you are watching on demand or if you are listening to the podcast feed, uh, thank you so much for downloading, for watching, for subscribing. We're on episode about 330 of Sales Pipeline Radio and every episode, past, present, future, all available on salespipelineradio.com. Very excited to have with us today, Kelly Webb. And Dana Lombardo from Key Factor. Ladies, thanks so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, Matt. Appreciate it. Really so, excited. This is a long time coming, and I'm very excited we finally got this done because I saw both I saw both of you and, and Jamie Walker, who you work with, uh, speak at the Sixth Sense Conference in December. And you, you had some great examples. And this is still like, I mean, we're, we call this sort of a post-COVID world. I don't know if we'll... I don't know if we'll ever really truly be post-COVID, but the work you guys were doing pre-COVID, during COVID, like creating executive experiences uh, was really, really impressive and doing that in person, doing that virtually, lots of good stuff there. So as companies kind of emerge into sort of a more permanent post-COVID world and are now blending those experiences, I think some of what you guys have done and seen, seen work successfully was definitely worth um, worth sharing. So maybe I'll we'll just let you introduce yourself. Kelly, maybe we start with you. Introduce yourself, your role, and then uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Uh, like Matt mentioned, Kelly Webb with Key Factor, uh, Director of Global Marketing. Um, I run all campaigns and account based here at Key Factor. So uh, the mandate to the business is really running um, and generating uh, campaigns uh, that drive revenue for, for the business. Awesome. And Dana? Hey, thanks, Matt. Um, I'm Dana Lombardo, Director of Global Field Marketing here at Key Factor. Uh, so I'm really mandated from the business to run event programs, all that you can think of. Our event portfolio is very vast. You know, we don't stick in one area, but leveraging the events channel to drive revenue for Key Factor. Now, I was on a webinar yesterday and one of the guests talked about the fact that like events just disappeared uh, from our from you know, our uh, our playbook two years ago during the pandemic. Not entirely true. Live events, live in-person events disappeared. But I think I could argue that two years ago, events kind of had a renaissance in terms of sort of people getting creative about how to, you know, work virtually and still use events and experiences at events to get people's attention. Dana, talk a little bit about what that looked like for Key Factor and what you guys have learned through that over the last couple of years. Sure. So, of course, you know, when COVID hit, we went into kind of an experimentation mode, right? We started sampling different these virtual conferences. You know, vendors were very big on replicating that in-person feel virtually. And I think we saw very quickly it wasn't the same. It wasn't one to one apples to apples. So we kind of we tested that out, pivoted more to a webinar kind of experience, uh, presentations, thought leadership, and then also leveraged a lot of virtual networking. And what I mean by that is roundtables, experiences, peer to peer. Um, and that really has seemed to be what has taken off for us. So when you look at it pre-COVID um, and we were all at huge trade shows, Key Factor would always host, you know, a side happy hour, a side dinner. We took that, that portion of it, that fun experience and that engaging peer to peer networking and put it in a 
virtual world. That seemed to translate okay and pretty well, did pretty well for us. Um, really replicating that trade show feel is just not, you know, something we continued to leverage as part of our strategy. Well, we're starting to see shows come back. Uh, Shop Top happened earlier this week. It seems like it was really busy there. We had hymns a couple weeks ago in the healthcare space. Some of the big industry shows definitely coming back. A lot of people excited to get back out there and saying, boy, it is nice to be out there. But I think a lot of people also saying, boy, is it nice to not travel as much as I used to. Boy, is it nice to be able to sit here wherever I am and still have that experience. So, I mean, Kelly, talk a little bit about, I mean, we, it's, it's easy to sort of sit here and talk about what we have lost in the last two years. But what have we gained? What are some of the efficiencies of doing an event like this for both the attendee as well as for the seller? Yeah. So from an account-based perspective, um, we've gained the ability to do more. Um, yes, it's more expensive, um, but from a resource angle, we can pull in a C-suite for a Thursday and maybe the following Wednesday night, right? And it can be two different um, geographic areas. No one has to fly two different areas. They're they're doing their cooking class within their kitchen. Um, we're very niche when we go after our market with these VIP experiences. Um, so whether Dana's putting on a champagne, um, champagne tasting and or a cooking class, uh, we like to tailor it to our audience. So being able to do this at different hours, making it convenient for our audience, our C-suite, right? Um, not everyone wants to go to that Michelin dinner um, on a Wednesday night to leave their family. However, they can include their family. Um, so we see uh, some experiences that, you know, their children or, or their wife or partner is cooking alongside with them in the kitchen. So I actually was communicating with Dana um, the other day. It's like, I'm actually more nervous about getting our, our target account physically um, in front of us at, at an event versus we know we can definitely connect with them um, via via Zoom or or what have you. It's interesting to think about both the landscape we have available to us as a toolbox as marketers and as field marketers, but then also sort of the shifting behavior of the buyers. And I'm seeing, I think, you know, this this didn't necessarily create an opportunity during COVID. This, to me, when I've seen accelerated a trend that was already happening towards people wanting to travel less, wanting to not leave their family as often. I think if you're, mm -hmm. we're not just talking about event experiences here, we're talking about executive event experiences. So by executive, we mean people that tend to be, maybe be a little older, maybe have families and have kids. And so the bar is higher to get them to a local event, let alone go to a conference. And so, you know, during COVID, obviously sort of like there were no events, like we were not supposed to leave our house. Now it's different. So what are some of the specific experiences, Dana, that you're seeing work now to sort of earn the attention of an executive audience? So that's a great question. What we have really seen work is leverage an experience like these wine tastings and cooking classes, but take it up a notch. Let's not just have a regular, you know, oh, this wine is from here. This is how it's made. We bring on the winemaker. They give us a virtual tour of their winery. They give us a virtual tour of where the wine is produced, um, really giving us that lens into, you know, how this wine comes to be. Essentially, it, it's really the behind the scenes VIP experience. I know we keep saying that, but that's what it is. Something you would not regularly think, OK, I'm going to schedule this and fly to Napa, do this whole tour. You know, it's going to take me a day. It takes about 45 minutes. They get all the same information. Um, and we don't talk shop on these VIP experiences. We don't, we have, we bring a key factor SME, of course, in our executives. So it's more peer to peer, but no presentations, no product pitches. It's all networking and collaborating on, you know, 
the wine and what we're seeing in the market collectively as an industry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think there's an exclusivity level there. There's a unique scarcity, you know, to the experience you're giving people. You're not yeah. just sending them a bottle of wine. Mm -hmm. You get to talk to the winemaker. And I think, you know, let's, let's, I know we don't do sales pitches here, but like, you know, shout out to Kelly and the Purple Cork team. Talk a little bit about some of the vendors you work with that have made this possible. Yeah, that yeah. it is per it is purple cork. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it is. She she has such you know shout out Kelly. I, when you said Kelly at first, I, there's Ke there's Kelly for purple. Oh cork sorry, yeah. Kelly <laughs> so I wasn't sure, but no Kelly from Purple Cork, amazing. Shout out to her. Um, she's really expanded her portfolio as well. Um, and the experiences that she offers, and that has been super, you know, support helpful to field marketers like me specifically because to Kelly Webb's point, you know, earlier that we could do more, we had to scale. And because mm -hmm. of vendors like Kelly, Rob over at Purple Cork, we can scale and create these unique experiences for our audience. Well, and I know Kelly's been doing things on the cocktail space. Uh, I attended an event with her where she actually had she had a chef walking through cooking a meal. And to, to me, that I mean, I, I'm a foodie. I like to cook. And so knowing that I was going to get to watch a chef kind of go through the steps and to be able to ask questions, right, ask dumb questions while he's doing the whatever um, and hear other people's questions that are also sort of foodies and just you'll, you'll learn a lot. It's a really unique experience. You said something, Dana, I want to come back to. You said we don't talk shop at these events. And I think that's an important point and a tactic to, to, to reinforce that, you know, I think too often we think, OK, we get someone in the room, we get someone into a into a conference like we need to sort of fast forward the conversation as much as Attack. possible. Product. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Exactly. And it comes yep. across sometimes as a bait and switch. Mm -hmm. Talk about I mean, talk about the psychology though of creating and curating these experiences and how by not talking shop but creating a great experience, you still get high conversion afterward. Yeah, I would, you know, just to share, you know, these events convert from an initial meeting to pipeline at 92% for us, which is huge. It's nearly every meeting we take converts. And it's because it is foundationally on that building the relationship, keeping key factor top of mind. You know, they're very, they might have vast knowledge of key factor. They might, you know, not know us at all, but it encourages them to dig more and understand who we are because then by the time that we start that follow-up, it's already on their mind, but they remember us as, you know, a company that provided a fun, unique experience for them. So I think it kind of triggers different emotions and different feelings and different buying behaviors based on the experiences that we create. And I have to, I have to add, Dana does a very strategic job of planting people in different Zoom meeting rooms too. Um, so that also helps um, for breakouts. So it helps the collaboration and, and maybe bring topics up to light that not sound a lot more organic. Um, than planted. Well, I love that where you can sort of take an event and sort of create a little more intimacy from that audience as well. You know, especially if you're gathering people together, there's likely a lot of commonality in terms of their role, their place, their position in the company and letting them get to know each other a little better reflects well on you uh, in that process as well. Uh, joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio again, we've got Kelly Webb and Dana Lombardo from Key Factor talking a little bit about executive event experiences as part of an ABX program. And, and Kelly, let's take a step back and say, okay, we've got these great events, you create this great experience, but the event itself is just one part of a campaign, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So can you help put that in context and help help people understand how to do great events like this, but also what goes into making the overall campaign successful? Yeah, so that's you kind of nailed it on the head. It's not just the Thursday night cooking event. It's leading up to the experience of registration all the way to them opening the wine or cheese at their front door from a direct mail perspective. And then it's the experience of actually being at the event and then understanding where they're at in pipeline, if any, 
um, what does the sales SDR field, who, who does the FIMA pipeline progression? Um, so it, it really is critical that we understand it's not just, okay, Dana does an amazing event and we up, we upload these leads into Salesforce and they get an outreach or a sales loft cadence. Like um, that, that would be like 101, you're wrong, but we can't do that. Um, so we just have to make sure that the message is genuine and it's curated when following up. Um, it's coming from the right person. Um, Dana mentions that we have someone from the C-suite typically um, in the room or present. So having more of an executive touch as well. Um, but again, coming from more of following up on, hey, how was that dinner? Or, hey, I remember seeing your son. Did he end up liking those cookies? Being more authentic um, is really something that we're seeing drive um, at, or at least have more engagement uh, following our events or Dana's events that she's running. So we're talking a little bit about taking the event and put it in the context of campaigns. So putting the event somewhere along a horizontal sort of chronological line of sort of different components of a campaign. Let's talk about that that executive experience and its impact vertically. You've got an executive who may be a senior decision maker, but they are a member of the buying committee. So how do these events fit into the consensus building you're trying to create within your target accounts for other people that are going to influence the decision maker, but may not be part of that specific event? Yeah, so I think it's just really, I mean, at first we have to understand, identify from an intent perspective, who who is the account in itself, right? Um, and then once we understand that buying committee from a campaign perspective, we have different touch points and offerings per, per persona, right? Um, but at the end of the day, when Dana does these type of experiences, it's always, like you mentioned, going to be like a VIP or VIP, VP or higher. Mm -hmm. um, so we just have to make sure at the end of the day, when someone from the technical, um, you know, someone that's reporting to the C-suite mentions Key Factor, brings Key Factor into the mix, they're very well aware of the, of who Key Factor is against our major competitor or Benefy or AppUX or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say it's more late, late stage, right? It's more of someone that we've already know that we've seen engagement with. We know that there's potentially, a, um, you know, there's a budget, there's a need. Um, maybe we don't have the full buy-in yet. Um, there's still some, some folks that we still need to educate and make aware of who Key Factor is. Um, so from a C-suite perspective, could be more of like a brand awareness to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, we have different types of account-based categories at Key Factor, so they mean different things to, to our sales team. Um, so from a brand awareness perspective, it might be more of like the big whales of our accounts or of our mm -hmm. territories, right? We just want to make sure we're always top of mind. Mm -hmm. um, but for the folks that are in market, these are more deal accelerations and making sure that we, we have the ability uh, to influence everyone within in that buying committee. So you just mentioned two objectives that aren't the same that sometimes people blend together and confuse, right? Like yeah. there's 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 deal acceleration, right? There's the pipeline building, which I guess would be a third, and then there's brand awareness. And so we're kind of like top, middle, bottom of funnel a little bit here, right? And so you can have multiple people, you know, in your target audience joining a particular event. Yeah. But talk about how important it is to articulate internally sort of the differences in those objectives to make sure people understand the why and then the ROI from doing these kind of events. I don't know, Dana, do you wanna, do you wanna answer that of the ROI of the event? I mean, if, uh, when you say internally, are you saying like getting buy-in from our field sales teams, like why this event is important or? Well, you I mean, in, 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 you know, a lot of organizations and anything marketing does are like, where's my pipeline, right? Sure. And so, yeah. you know, it, but in some cases, like if you can get the senior executive from a particular target account, they may not be actively buying, 
And so you may not seize pipeline like in the month or quarter afterward, but there's a consideration you're looking for, you know, in the next time they are actively buying. So, you know, there's a level of patience and discipline you have to have, but also you have to sort of communicate in the organization, okay, this is why we're doing this. There's a short, I mean, so short-term impact might be deal acceleration. Medium term might be, you know, pipeline development in the next quarter or two. But then those people that you want to buy from you in the next year or two that aren't ready to buy today, this is a part of that. Yeah, so I feel that, you know, you really hit it on the the nail on the head earlier with like the buying committee, right? Is, you know, this these events with them being able to scale and bring really as many people as we want to these, you know, someone might be aware of key factor, but this might be a way for the, you know, director of InfoSec to share with his boss, hey, come to this event and experience key factor the way that I have to really broaden that scope. And to really, that, so to, that would be more of a brand awareness play for that CISO, where the director of InfoSec already knows, you know, this is an issue that's something I have to work on, but I have to build up the credibility and the, you know, internal buy-in and build the case for key factor internally. Maybe that's where they start. So it's kind of hitting a couple different objectives and accelerate opportunity. And the one thing I would add to it, key factor from an account-based perspective, we look at influence, right? Um, so it's not always that last step. Um, so thank goodness for kind of like the multi-touch attribution as well, right? So we're able to track, um, maybe it was 10 months ago or 12 months ago, but we did have X interaction uh, with one person within that account associated with, you know, net new logo. Uh, so that's helpful as in regards to uh, tracking ROI. Love it. All right. Well, we're running a little out of time here. I appreciate you guys taking time to do this. Dane, I think those last questions for you, you know, we like mentioned before, you know, during COVID, we were sort of forced to take everything virtually. And now we're merging into a world that's going to be a little bit hybrid, just like our work environments. I think our events might be the same way as well without giving away all the secret sauce of what you guys are doing. How do you think about that balance moving forward? What are you expecting in terms of, you know, people going back to in-person experiences versus continuing to leverage success you've had on the virtual front? You nailed it. It's going to be a hybrid. I think it's forever. I think I don't think this is a phase. I think this is the future. I think we're living in the future of what events are right now. Um, honestly, and now just to be completely transparent and open, just like all other field marketers, you know, we got to go to these events and see what's happening to see where we have to pivot and where we have to strategize just because we have a lot more factors thrown in at us now. It's not just about you know, is this event going to happen? Or are they going to cancel it because of COVID? Are people actually going to show up? We're not yeah. sure. You know, we, we have to experience that. Um, we have a pretty robust plan and strategy. But as we learned back in early 2020, those yearly strategies can definitely alter and require you to pivot. So I'm really excited to see how these in-persons, you know, pan out. But we definitely have a virtual strategy alongside of those in-person activities. Yeah, it's gonna be fascinating to watch what, I, you know, sort of buyer behavior. Uh, and just like we've seen the last couple of years, I think we're going to see some continued innovation uh, from Key Factor as well as from a variety of other companies that are also working that hybrid experience. Well, shout out to Jamie Walker for building a great team. Thanks, Kelly Webb <laughs> and Dana Lombardo uh, from Key Factor for joining us today. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. We'll see you next week on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio.